From the Department of Theater and Film at the University of Mississippi, this is Stage and Screen. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Stage and Screen. I'm your host, Katherine Stewart. If you've been tuning in for the last few weeks, you have heard our special presentation of Listening in the Shadows, which is a series of radio dramas written and performed by our students as part of our fall 2020 season. And if you haven't heard those, you should definitely go back and check them out because they are so much fun. Moving forward, we'll be doing a more traditional type of interview podcast featuring faculty, students, staff, alumni, and special guests to give you a look behind the scenes at everything we've got going on in the Department of Theater and Film. Our first guest on the show today is Cody Stockstill, who is new to our faculty for the fall 2020 semester. Cody is an assistant professor of scenic design, but he's also done costume design, lighting design, and many other things throughout his career. So stick around for our conversation with him. I think you'll really enjoy getting to know him. Hello, Cody. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, thank you for having me. We're, we're excited to talk to you. You are a um, brand new faculty member this semester in this wild, strange new semester that we're having. <laughs> so welcome. And uh, just to start us off, um, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got into theater, stuff like that. Um, well, I am originally from Gulfport, Mississippi, so I'm a native Mississippian, um, and I, believe it or not, I did not do theater until my freshman year of college. Um, yeah, I, I, I think the first play I ever saw was a really sketchy version of Beauty and the Beast, my senior year of high school at some casino. It was the most random thing ever. Um, and I was really into movies and really into sort of telling stories with broadcasting and things like that in high school. And um, the closest thing I could get to it was theater. And I started doing theater my, my freshman year of college. And I ended up really liking it. And then one day my theater director put a paintbrush in my hand and I was like, okay, this is fun. And that's how I got into scenic design. What was it about that first experience with scenic design that you were so lit up by and how did you know right away that that was something you wanted to do? I don't really know. It just kind of felt right, <laughs> um, which is, I guess, a very meta way of talking. Um, but uh, very sort of one, of one of my friends calls it sort of the, the warm, fuzzy conversations. Um, but it just, um, I've always liked building stuff. Even when I was a kid, I was like building stuff, you know, like models and Legos and just making something out of nothing, essentially. And then I figured out, I was like, wait, I can get paid for this. Um, and tell stories. I was like, that's awesome. But it, it was just sort of that design of the of the environment and the design, the visual design of the story. I was like, okay, this is this is something that I can get into, you know. And, and in high school, I did, you know, I did all kind of stuff in, in sort of high school that wasn't theater, but it would eventually turn into theater, you know. With as corny as it sounds, you know, designing homecoming and prom, you know, I could do anything with a balloon arch. Um, and that's sort of, you know, that's that was sort of little did I know what inform later on. I'm not doing balloon arches anymore. I'm doing much bigger things. But um, it, it would later sort of inform, you know, just building and designing and telling stories sort of in a visual sense. So you ended up studying that as an undergrad? Mm -hmm. okay. my, my freshman year, I was um, theater and classical studies double major. Wow, that's an interesting combo. Yeah, I, I didn't know anything about Greek theater, didn't know anything about sort of 
you know, Indian theater or anything like that. And I took a class my freshman year randomly and sort of fell in love with it. And I was like, oh, this is it. This is it. So like theater history, older forms of theater, ritualistic theater, I'm really into. But my background is um, in undergrad is theater. I was a theater and religious studies uh, double major with a minor in classics and vocal performance. So it sounds like those uh, that that combination informed some of what you ended up gravitating towards. Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's just sort of the whole ritualistic aspect of theater, and with you know, for a director that makes sense, but for a designer, some people are like, really? And was like, no, I like to design sort of uh, spaces where sort of these rituals can occur. How have those interests informed your style or your thinking as a designer? I, I think it's what classics does for me, especially if you look back sort of, you know, you talk about sort of the neoclassical unities and making things universal. You know, that's, that's sort of the, the, the goal of neoclassicism is verisimilitude, which is the appearance of some sort of truth. And I think that goes back all the way to the Greeks and to the classics in that you're trying to make it universal that that yes even though we're talking about a specific location a specific time the themes that we are talking about in the show that we're producing are universal they appeal to everyone and they provide commentary or thought um or inspire thought to all audiences all genders all all, all persons regardless of who they are where they are or sort of what their background is and i think in terms of design that really does inform me that we're telling universal stories, but also that it's relatable. And so we need to design something that's relatable. It might be different, but it's still relatable, even if you're doing Shakespeare or Greek or something, you know, is set in the future, still relatable. And then uh, after you graduated, uh, did you go directly to grad school or did you work in theater for a while? I did. I went directly to grad school at USM in Hattiesburg. originally went to grad school um, for an MFA in costume design. Um, and then they found out that I like scenic design a little bit and they gave me an opportunity to design scenic for a production. And um, they worked it out so I could actually do a double concentration with in my MFA. So I've got a double concentration in costume design and scenic design. Is that unusual? Uh, I don't know many other people that have that. <laughs> So have you been able, you've been able to use both of those then and kind of go back and forth in your career after grad school? Yeah, yeah. Um, I originally started teaching and doing um, costume design and they found out that I also do scenic design. So I started doing scenic design in addition to costume design. Um, and But for the last few years, I've been primarily focused on scenic. And that's what you're doing at Ole Miss. Yes. Yeah. So um, did you go directly into teaching after grad school or did you have to do some intermediate things? I, well, um, right after I graduated from grad school, you know, grad school, the, the, the gambit that is grad school, (laughs) large running sort of race that you do in grad school to get to the finish line. Um, I did some, um, some summer stock work right after grad school and didn't really have any plans. Just going to sort of chill out for a little bit. And I get a random phone call. Um, right after I finished my my summer stock from one of my grad school professors that, that said, hey, want to teach? Um, and I was like, sure. And in the course of three days, I became a uh, an instructor in Louisiana. Oh, in Louisiana. Where was that? 
uh, Hammond, Louisiana, Southeastern Louisiana University. I was in Dallas actually <laughs> with one of my really good friends and got a call from a grad school professor and she said, hey, do you want to teach? And the next day I had a phone interview and then the next day I had the on-site interview and then the next day I got the job offer. Wow. And then how long were you there before you ended up back in Mississippi? I was at Southeastern for two years and then um, in 2013 I transferred to Mississippi. Um, Mississippi State. And you were there until coming here? Yeah, I was I was there in, until August of this year, actually. And you've done quite a lot of shows outside of your teaching roles <laughs> as well in that time. What are some of, uh, what are some career highlights and favorite shows you've worked on and projects you've really enjoyed? Um, I work really closely with New Sage Theater, which is Mississippi's only professional theater. And I, I've, that was actually my first professional design gig was at, at, at that theater when I was a junior and undergrad, I think. And I've sort of just been designing more and more with them and I've developed really close relationships with their artistic director um, and their staff. And it's just a really positive experience. Um, I think though, honestly, one of the most exciting projects that I think I got to work on was something called Hell in High Water. It was the last show that um, was actually put into on stage. I was the, designing during COVID, but of course with COVID, it got canceled, um, unfortunately. Hopefully we get to revisit that piece. But Hell and High Water was really interesting because it was a, uh, a newish piece. It wasn't sort of in the, the big public realm. A lot of theaters hadn't done it. It was very sort of abstract, but it was a localized story um, from a Chicago playwright. I think he was Chicago, yeah. Um, he, uh, a Chicago playwright and it was about the um, the Greenville, Mississippi floods and sort of the the racial tension that came out of that in the early 1900s, which is really interesting because we had to figure out how to flood a stage. <laughs> how how did you figure out how to flood a stage? <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fog. <laughs> it was a lot of fog, and you know, it, all my all my colleagues and my friends make fun of me because you know. I never met a fog machine I didn't like in theater. <laughs> I probably like it far too much. Um, but yeah, it's, it, 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 was, it, it was a big challenge and I love that challenge. And I got to take some students down with me to paint. and It, it, it was great. So what are some, you, you like fog, we know that. What are some other um, hallmarks of your design sensibility? Uh, big. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think, this is going to sound so cocky, but I'm not comparing myself to Hans Zimmer in any way, shape, or form, the composer. Um, but, you know, Christopher Nolan calls Hans Zimmer, um, you know, a, a, a minimalist maximalist. And I think that's what I like to call myself, is a minimalist maximist. I like to do very large scenery, but also very atmospheric and environmental um, scenery, but large gestures and very simple scenery at, at the same time. So it's simple, but it's sort of large shapes and large atmospheres. So I can create an environment that these, that the show can, and these characters can exist in. Are there, there are some shows in particular that you've worked on where you felt like you got to express that very well? Yeah, I would say um, recently I did Beowulf. Mm. Um, Beowulf, we created a few, a lot of the response from the audience is that they didn't realize that they were inside of a theater um, because this, the set was large. <laughs> it, it, was, it was, I think the tallest point of the set was like 28 feet. It was, it was 
it was just ridiculously large. But when you're dealing with a story that big, you have to have a big environment for these big personality types to exist in. Um, and it, it was really effective in what we were trying to do with the story as a whole. And what about um, this semester? You were involved in an original work called Near Far that was developed in the department. What was your role in that and what was that like? I was, um, I was faculty advisor to the scenic um, design students, Wyatt Woods, and in, in the course of that, I was sort of trying to figure out and playing technical assistance on, you know, how to make this work. How do we do scenery in a virtual environment? Mm -hmm. um, and with my background in film and my background, I'm a big purveyor of technology and using technology and theater production and emerging technologies, especially sort of any types of graphics that we can use in that. And so it was, I was working with the scenic design student to develop these digital backdrops, but still um, make sure that they're aligned sort of with the artistic integrity and the artistic intent of the show itself. Well, Near Far was wonderful. I mean, I thought it was beautiful and everybody was so excited about it because it was something most everybody involved had never done a lot of a lot of what they were doing for that before. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, it was it was a little stressful at, at some points, but the thing is, you know, my sort of motto and everything, you know, I've got a Tim Gunn poster in my office that that has says make it work um, you know and that's sort of my my, my thing is like, okay we're going to figure out a way to make this work so you have been making theater work <laughs> in mississippi primarily for most of your career is there what's what's special about theater in mississippi and, and why is why is theater important to mississippi i think the talent and the stories that exist in this state um are are, are sort of undiscovered you know, I, I think there's a ton of talent, you know, and and it's not just isolated to one area of Mississippi. There's different types of talent everywhere. You know, the coast ha has a very big arts community, but North Mississippi, the Oxford area, Water Valley and places like that, you know, I, I, I'm discovering sort of that it's a very different type of talent up here, but it's an equal uh, type of talent to anywhere else in Mississippi. So I think the stories that exists in Mississippi, especially with sort of our, our at sometimes complicated history. I think that's a nice way of saying it, you know, our very complicated history that we have in the state. Uh, there exists a ton of stories that, that you can tell. And if you look at sort of our artistic sort of history, there are tons of artists that come from Mississippi. And I think, you know, that's, that's and I'm really happy to get to work with some of those younger are um, artists and those up and coming artists. You talked about how there's one kind of talent kind of around the coast and a, a different kind of talent here in North Mississippi. What, what are those different types of talent? Throughout the state, you have really different types of people, obviously. I mean, they're gonna be influenced by their geographical location and the types of stories that these people like to tell. You know, the stories um, that I find that people in northern Mississippi are interested in are or are steeped in community and steeped in history and steeped in sort of the myth of the location. And whereas on the coast, they're very interested in um, sort of um, broad the broader universal sense. Um, and, and I'm not saying that one's right and one's wrong or one's better than the other. It's just really interesting that sort of what each location is, is interested in. And have you seen that in the types of productions that you've seen done in different places or 
or other types of, of art you've seen coming out of these two places? Yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting because especially working with a lot of high school students um, with High School Drama Festival, um, I've, I've seen the shows that some of the North, essentially the North half, everything sort of North of Jackson, they do a very specific type of show. And the shows that the, that the Southern half, you know, things South of Jackson do, the high schools do other types of shows. And it's one of those things where it's, it's again, they do a lot more historical pieces in the Northern half. Um, and it's sort of commentary on individual sort of historical events and how it has lasting effects on what's going on nowadays. And this, and the Southern half likes to do shows that are a little bit more universal in the method of storytelling, you know, how we tell the story. And the Northern half is very much, you know, what's the commentary that we're providing on a historical event? It's just, it's just really interesting, sort of that, sort of that dichotomy between Northern and Southern. Why do you think that is? I don't know. <laughs> I, I wish I had a very intelligent sounding answer for that, but I have no idea. I mean, it might be, you know, it, it might be what the students are interested in. It, it, you know, it's just like, you know, the difference between theater Mississippi and theater in New York, theater Mississippi and theater and sort of Great Britain or Scotland. Um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's really shaped by sort of their cultural history. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got sort of the thing, you know, we've got Coasties mm -hmm. and they're a different breed. You know, I'm from the coast. We're a different breed down there. Um, and you have people, um, from Northern Mississippi, which are a different type of Mississippian. It's just kind of really interesting. So Mississippi is an inspiring place for you. It sounds like. Yeah, yeah, and I've, and I've got a lot of opportunities, or, or I've had a lot of opportunities to work with some really interesting individuals that um, that that taught me basically how to do do what I do. And it's not just sort of theater artists, but it's also traditional artists as well. You know, in undergrad, I got the, I spent an entire year working on a original puppet show, um, um, and it told the Jewish story of the Golem with. Um, Peter Zapatol, and Peter Zapatol, if you don't know him, is um, a, a, Czech pup, uh, a, a Czech puppeteer, an original writer, um, who, you know, he came up with the show, um, what is it, Across the Lines? Between the Lines. Um, and working with that, I worked with an award-winning artist uh, to, to develop a lot of different um, animated backgrounds for this live puppet show. And that, that's essentially, on, honestly, where I learned the most on is that one experience is working with this studio artist drawing, and, and I would have my computer and my scanner and a makeup room in my undergrad. She would be right beside me, and she would be doing these sketches for these background plates. I would then scan them into my computer and digitally color them for, for her, and we would walk through all these animations or all these drawings, and I would animate them on the computer for her. Wow. And little did you know, all these years later, you would be able to use <laughs> that, that skill in your first production at the yeah. University of Mississippi. Absolutely, yeah. You never know where it's going to come from, do you? It's sort of full circle. Yeah, full circle. That's great. Well, Cody, thank you so much for visiting with me today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Is there uh, anything anything you'd like to add? 
Uh, I would just say, you know, if, if you haven't checked out Near Far, if you haven't checked out um, Into the Shadows, please, please, please go online and check those out. They're available on streaming and be on the lookout for our productions next semester. Absolutely. Great. Thanks for the plug. <laughs> Folks, you heard it from Cody. Check out our productions from this season and stay alert for ones coming up next semester. If you didn't catch it before, Listening in the Shadows is available here on the podcast, and Near Far, which we heard a little bit about in this episode, can be viewed on our Facebook page and YouTube channel. Do check those out. We'll drop the links in the show notes. Until next time, this is Stage and Screen. Stage and Screen.